Uh, yes, good morning, Sydney. Welcome to the Sydney Set, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred racing needs. Today on the show, we're talking to champion trainer Chris Waller. He's got uh, three horses in the Spring Champion Stakes to feature at Randwick on Saturday afternoon. He's also got a runner. One of his trio is called Madatsu, the only three-year-old left in Melbourne Cup contention. Don't forget they paid up on Tuesday for that race. Plus, he's got a two-pronged attack in the Cox Plate. Headlined by, of course, the King Charles winner, Fangirl, as well as the three-year-old militarised. To dissect all the action at Ramick this afternoon, we'll have a quick chat as well about the Cox Plate. Mick Gannon, how are you? Morning, Nico. Yeah, great day. Another big day of racing. Feels like it's grand final day every Saturday. We're here, we're up and about, and... Uh Tell you what, the rain has just stopped in Sydney. You wouldn't believe it. It hasn't rained here for about 12 weeks, and now it hasn't stopped since uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but uh, we're on a soft five at, in, uh, at Randwick, and I uh, can't wait to get stuck into that meeting, mate. Yeah, well, we'll get the official track update when it comes through. The early track walker information for Randwick was uh, that, believe it or not, Mick, despite the rail being in the true position, and this may change with that rain that's obviously been belting down over the past 24 hours, was that the inside lanes weren't as bad as they usually are. Now, uh, they were forecasting sort of lanes two to eight would be the place to be. That might change, particularly if that inside part of the track drops out as it so often does. I have a quick uh, track update. So uh, 10 millimetres of rain uh, last 24 hours, soft five. Just taking the edge off the track, but it's only just into a soft five. So that's courtesy of Mike Wood there. Uh, penetrometer 5.28. And the suggestion was the rail was very, very good, Nick. So you're spot on there. Okay, that's good to hear from Mike as well. Uh, just uh, anything out of the week that's caught your eye, the week that's been, Mr. Gannon, something that uh, you might want to kick the show off with before we get into our best bets, or am I just delaying the inevitable? You're delaying the inevitable, mate, but I'll tell you what is, uh, what is has been a good move this week. My dad's a horse that we're both very keen on the derby. Jez, they've come for it in the spring champion, Chris Waller. Do we see a bit of magic from Chris Waller? A horse coming out of a class one at Kembla, lining up in a group mm. one today. As you suggested off the top, still nominated for a uh, Melbourne Cup, Victorian Derby in sights. There was a big price put up earlier in the week. He yes. might have had some of that. So, oh, something. Could be yes, the, yes. Well, could I'm be right the Madatsu you. week, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's uh, it, as uh, my one of my colleagues uh, down uh, in Melbourne once said to me, uh, he labelled the, the Madatsu, me Datsu, Madatsun. Remember the Datsun, <laughs> yes. the Datsun 180B? You're uh, I said, mate, we're, we're missing an end, but I, I get what you're trying to say. Best <laughs> bets uh, this afternoon at Ramwick. So we've got a stack of prize money. The meeting is headlined. Uh, race seven of the program is the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes for the three-year-olds. This race is scheduled to commence at 4 p.m. It's over 2,000 metres, guys. Your favourite there is Tom Kitten. We'll talk about that in a moment's time, but... I want to get your best bet off you, Mr. Gannon. Uh, you've been flying of late. We had a nasty week last week, didn't we? Well, nasty in in the sense of just pure domination. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> nasty, for the, nasty, nasty for, for the, the bookies. bookies. Mate. Your best bet got up at $7. Yeah, bad day to be a bookie, and you've dominated. It came over the top with uh, was a $3 winner as well. What was your, what was your best, mate? It feels like so long ago now. There's been an so eternity. much racing in between. And, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't even remember what the best. But you're right, yes. Uh, it was very good, though. Unspoken, that's unspoken. it. Yes, unspoken. And, and yes. was dominant. Geez, you would have hated, hated being on one back in the field there. They just got absolutely uh, skittled. But anyway, my best bet of the day here. Uh, it's a little bit... Uh, Bit of a little bit left field here, mate. But I'm going to go race six, number one. Wetor, you're getting a decent price about this galloper. Wetor, yeah, and I think second up. This is a 
wait for age. This is its race. So race six, number one, Fretor, to get the job done. Just keeping, you know, in line with the value best bets. And I think it's a great bet to have today, Nico. What's yours? Uh, I'm uh, race eight, number two, Espiona. Yep. Uh, I think she's a mare that's come back in really good form. Second up, this preparation, she absolutely, you know what, in uh, over the 1,400 metres in the Golden Pendant. Yes, that was at Rose Hill, but uh, she's since freshened up, went back to the Everest. I didn't think she had much luck in the Everest, Mick, mm. and I thought she was still pretty a commendable performance to sort of get within three to four lengths off the winner. Think about it, who looks an absolute star. Um, and now she gets back to girls' grade. She goes back up to 1,400 metres. She's just going to need a touch of luck. It's a sticky start point, isn't it, the 1,400 at Randwick? They sort of start turning pretty quickly. Yep. So she'll need to find a bum early doors. There's plenty of speed in that race, good. though, and I, I think that's probably you know an advantage to her. You've got alcohol-free mm. roll forward, and yeah, we'll, we'll touch on the race later, but I, I like where you're going with that. Okay, let's have a look now. The feature of the race at Randwick this afternoon is the Spring Champion Stakes. They're betting as much as $2.70 about Tom Kitten now, who jumps from gate one. Is that the issue here, Mick? Why is he drifting? Well... The newest betting app this spring. Time to bet noisy. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yeah, so we're at Randwick today. The $2 million Spring Champion Stakes headlines the card at Randwick. Tom Kitten, currently a strong $2.50 favourite. Well, it was strong, Nick, but I currently now, I just suggest uh, from you, it might be on the drift and getting further out, but uh, mm. with the noisy bet app, currently $2.50, it might be the barrier, might be some concern. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I think, look, just that, I think there's a couple of things, and there's no knock on Adam Hieronymus. I love the hippo, but Tommy has had Nash in the saddle, and mm. Nash has been... I've got to say, Hippo's been in really good form, but Nash has just been in this airborne form of late. He's been the most profitable jockey to follow in Sydney Metro for the last 30, 60, and 90 days. So uh, he loses Nash. I don't think he loses too much with Hippo, but just sometimes these horses form an affinity with a rider, and he loses Nash. He jumps from barrier one. By that stage of the day, race seven, maybe that inside part of the track has chopped out a bit. So even though we're not on a real wet track today, there's a bit of give in it, and there's probably just enough for it to chop out, Mick. Yeah, you're spot on. By race seven, you might see a bit of that. But I, th- I just think, look, the horse, is, this is its grand final. It, 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 it hasn't shown the ability to get the job done the last two. It's been luckless. So I think punters are just a bit burnt. It'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, late in the market here, whether they just absolutely steam it and it gets backed mm. in, wouldn't surprise to see that at all. But you, we've talked about this horse, mate, on top today for me. Um, happy to find different form lines, play around um, around what these Colts and Girlings have been done. I'm also happy to sort of play around what the Phillies have been producing. And I'm going down to uh, a Kembla class one and I'm keen to be with Madatsu here. I'm keen to follow it into the Derby and I'm keen to follow it. Fingers crossed we'll speak to Chris into the Melbourne Cup if we can get there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Pace in the race, obviously, Raff Attack and uh, Gambare for the Waterhouse and Bod Stable probably spear off and lead, don't they? Kin, uh, Kintai won't be far away. And I thought Madatsu could probably maybe land 1-1 one, one or, or, or uh, one out, two back. Yep, spot on. Exactly how I saw it. Um, there's, there's enough speed up here. I think glad you think so. Might won't be too far away either. They're, they're the ones that will roll forward. And, yeah, I'd be really, really keen to see what uh, what this former Kiwi Galloper can produce today. But outside of Madatsu, if you're looking to play like a horse like Glad You Think So, looks over the odds as well. How do you see it? Yeah, look, I'm with you. I back Madatsu as well. I mean, obviously, his price has tumbled in now. Yeah. I think he's the most interesting runner in Australia today. So uh, not only he's had he had four runs in New Zealand, I think two over 1,200, one over 1,400, one over 1,600. 
hadn't won a race and then just comes across the border. He has a nomination for a Melbourne Cup. So he's a maiden from New Zealand with a nomination for the Melbourne Cup and obviously now the Spring Champion Stakes and the Victoria Derby. The only way he can get into the Melbourne Cup, I think, is by winning the Victoria Derby in seven days' time. So he'll need to be really competitive today. He doesn't need to win the Spring Champion today, but he needs to be very competitive to justify a trip south. And then I think just the, with the way the Derby down in Melbourne's falling away, I think you'd be a big chance on the seven-day backup. I didn't like what I saw from Riff Rocket last week. It was okay, but no. slowly run race over 2,000 metres straight up to 2,500 isn't an ideal setup. Um, and we'll see what unfolds with the Mooney Valley Vars this afternoon, which is also a good lead-up race. And the Philly won the Geelong Classic on Wednesday, um, served cold for Danny O'Brien. So there's no star male horse coming out of that race either. So I think it's this derby is open for something to come out at the last minute. This is the right race for it to do. The Spring Champion Stakes is a Group 1 lead-up. And Madatsu's been one of the best back runners in that race. If he races well, goes to the derby, wins the derby, he's in the Melbourne Cup. He's currently 200 to 1 for the Melbourne Cup. Mick. Love it. So good. It's just, it's just. Well, we've like, got our own narrative. We'll have Chris on at seven forty-five. He might just shoot us down in flames, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we could we'll see. Do, so. We'll see what happens. We've got about forty minutes to wait for that. Can't wait to hear what Chris has to say. Yeah, so we're each way there on Madatsu. Now the other main feature today, obviously, in Peritries, I think we're both on the same page. Wins the um, Manicato, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just, just depends on how price sensitive you are. If you can get something around dollar fifty-five, come start jump time, that'll be fantastic. And you might, because I think the way that the uh, the track will play, it'll suit on pace horses with that. Uh, you know, the, those inside lanes being compacted from last night. I think it's only going to advantage lanes one to four, and we might get a better price in Peritrees. Do you see it that way? Yeah. Look, po- oh, gee, I don't know. I don't think so. To be honest, mate, I'm going to say no to you there. Um, yep. She. I walked the track. I worked at Mooney Valley last night, and I walked the track. And afterwards, and they're going to put a fair bit of juice into the track. Uh, I was talking okay. to the track guys there. So I think you'll see it'll be a bit off rail today and won't be so leaderish. The only thing I will say is that there's uh, a 60 kilometer wind uh, in Melbourne today on Saturday. Yep. And it's going to be coming uh, right up the tails of the horses as they're in the home straight. But because it's such a tight turning track, Mooney Valley, it means as they're going down the back um, and for a fair portion of the race, that wind will be going into their faces. Mm. So. Races over a mile, and there's a few of them. There's the Phillies Classic and the um, and the Crystal Mile. They're going to spend the bulk of the race with wind in their face. So I reckon it's a disadvantage to be on speed. You're going to need cover in those races. Oh, boy. So there you go. Anyway, the feature at the Valley, and we'll just talk about this Group 1 race, uh, the Cox Plate, before we take a break and get into our Sydney preview from races 1 to 10 in race book order. Uh, the favourite for the Cox Plate is Romantic Warrior. Best price around is about 4 bucks, I think. Uh, your second favourite here, well, Alligator Blood's now out to $7. Fangirl's into $7.50 and Militarised nine fifty. Mick. Yes, well, with the Cox Plate at the Valley this weekend, Nico, it's now is the time to join Noisy. The top horses to watch here, Romantic Warrior, firm favourite, $4.20. Whilst uh, the fan favourite, Mr. Brightside, uh, $6.50. And the value runner for mine, King Colorado at $23. This is a great race. There's going to be plenty of pressure Really interesting to see what we'll go because you uh, you you sound like you've done the map when you've done the map really well here. You think that they might not go too fast into that win now. Talk me through it. How do you see the uh, the <clears throat> speed map for the 2023 WS Cox I think yes, Mick. I think look, Zaki will come out and have a sniff for the lead, uh, and then it just depends on whether they really want to go right on with it. I I still think he'll peak in the Champion Stakes in a couple of weeks' time at Flemington. That's his go. 
Alligator Blood's obviously here for this is his big grand final. Uh, he'll go forward, and those two will be the ones that pair off. Now, if there is a stiff head breeze, I don't think they'll go that hard. That means that there won't be as many gaps in behind them to drop in. Um, now, militarise, if he jumps on terms, which is a big if because he's not that good out of the gates, he does have the ability to hold the 1-1 with Mr. Brightside on the leader's back. And that 1-1 position, if he doesn't jump, is going to go to Romantic Warrior. So I think the first 200 metres of this race is fascinating because you could end up with a favourite posted three wide, no cover. Uh, or he might get the absolute gun run, one out, one back, which I think will be the place to be at the Valley this afternoon. Mm. Well, I love it. What do you got Who for you us? With? Who's on top? You go first. I'll follow uh, over the top. <laughs> I can, you can't go past Alligator Blood. Yep. I just think his, his last start performance was huge. It was a career peak run. On my stuff, if he holds that figure, uh, he wins the majority of Cox plates over the last 10 years if you take out the Winx Quartet. So... Um, he goes on top for mine. I'm really interested to see Fangirl at 2,000 metres. She's got that little bit of an aura about her this campaign where she might be going to a new level. And these mares, when they get to five and six, they can do that. Don't forget the likes of Maccabi Diva Winks, all the big stars, not suggesting she's as good as them, but all the big stars really came into their own at five years or older. And then I'm in love with Militarise as a horse. I just think he's great. But I'm going to wait till he gets to double figures. What love about it. you? I think we'll see the best version of Romantic Warrior today. I think Alligator Blood is right there. I had it second pick. And I think the three olds are in for a really good race. I think this is they've both been uh, targeted for this militarize and King Colorado. This has been their targets. Uh, they're obviously you know 49 and a half kilos. They're going to be on speed. They'll land in the top six. Fangirls a horse. I've taken a big set against all week uh, and, the mo- and it looks like I'm completely wrong because the money has just has not stopped into uh, much shorter than what it was. So I think it was around $9, much shorter now. Uh, happy to still oppose. Uh, I think it's going to be a grueling 2,000 metres, uh, but if it all falls, the cards fall the way that you suggest with a big win and they do go slow, then she will definitely get a chance. But hey, it's just a horse race. Might end up with egg on my face, but happy to oppose Fangirl. That's okay. Just get yourself a bit of bacon. You'll be all right, son. You'll be all right. Uh, we're going to take a break here. On the other side, we're going to start our Sydney preview. where races one right through to 10. Sydney Spring Carnival, elegance, thrills, and world-class racing await. Get Noisy, the newest betting app with Bang on opening specials. Time to bet noisy, people. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to the Sydney set. Time to uh, sink our teeth into the Royal Randwick preview. We start with race one, the benchmark 72, the midway over 1,100 metres here. Mick, your favourite is Chief Conductor, the two around the sort of 3, 3.30 mark. How do you see it? Yeah, I thought Chief Conductor was the um, yeah deserved favourite. Anna Ropart, she rode a winner last week in the last, she claims three kilos here in town, maps to perfection. Uh, I, I think Chief Conductor is a nice little way to start the day. Nico, how do you see it? Yeah, I think so as well. He was good last preparation. I think he placed in every run bar his last one. He might have had six or seven starts. He was good first up. He can only strip fitter. The value play for me in the race, the seven Lancaster Bomber does mix his form, but maps to get a nice run and Hippo, Adam Hieronymus in the saddle. Be nice and hungry, looking for an early strike, I would have thought. Hey, uh, race two is the benchmark, 78 over 1,200 metres. Um, just having a look here, your favourite just is Pioneer River, but it's pretty tight at the top. Uh, Seven Axe not far away from him as well, but I would have thought that Piney River is going to settle closer in the run, Mick. Yes, Mab's a treat from the inside draw there on speed. Only needs a repeat of what he's been doing lately. Hasn't won for quite some time. Mm. 
But I don't think that really matters because I think he's meeting inferior opposition here today. And I think Pioneer River, Tyler Schiller aboard for Maustas will get the job done, mate. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, I do. We're on the same page. This Ooh. is boring, isn't it? Oh, we have to find something to Snorefest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was good two starts ago. That benchmark 88, you and I spoke about that going into the race. Mm. That he contested two starts ago and won by Kibo. Uh, Gaza Blanca's second. That was a really good uh, race, benchmark 88. Yeah, yep. and the fact that he was only one and three quarter lengths off them at 1,200, then has a freshen up back to uh, 1,100 metres. Uh, wasn't disgraced behind Stanislaus in a race that I thought rated pretty well. Yep. Now gets back up to 1,200 metres. You've got to remember he's finishing the Cornelia in three or four runs at this grade, including a victory. So I think he gets a right run. And Dalatat, I thought if you're for the Cornelia players, might be worth something uh, small each way there after a Ducking up for a little hit-and-run mission in Queensland. Hey, uh, Mick, race three. This is the highway handicap for class three. Over 1,200 metres. And uh, just having a look down the page here, your favourite is Florino. Does look an exciting galloper for the Masara camp. Aaron Bullock in the saddle. The Jeezy's riding well, Aaron. Certainly does. Oh, he's low-flying. It's good to see him ride a double in town last week. I think he'll ride another winner here. I think Florino is a very, very good bet. You, you're getting a good price um, earlier in the week. I think it was around $4.40. That was silly. Now probably closer to its right price now. But another horse that just maps an absolute treat. You've got Bullock, who's on fire. Just ticks so many boxes. Produced a huge figure last start. Was spelled, then returns off two really good trials. The latest, probably the better of the two. Great recipe uh, for a, yeah, to run a potential career peak here first up. Um, you know, Aaron Bullock, good draw. <laughs> ticks all the boxes. Very hard to beat. Yeah, I'm, look, I've gone. I, I agree. I just being first up from a spell. I think he's skinny enough. Um, I'm with Iron Will here. Uh, I thought the horse two starts ago over 1,200 metres here at Ramwick was pretty good in a, in a highway handicap. was a soft five, probably going to get sim- similar conditions today. He'll go to the front. He's nice and fit. The Derry Grove race that he comes out of rated well. I don't mind him back up to 1,200 metres here. And he's raced well previously in highway handicap. So each way around the $8.50 mark for me. Uh, number seven, Iron Will. Smoke Show might be the uh, the absolute roughie there, I think. Um mm. Let's move on to race four, and uh, this is the benchmark 78 over 1,600 metres. Favourite here is sequestered, and for mine, she's clearly the one to beat. Absolutely. Clearly on top. Jeez, it feels like this is, this is unusual for me. I don't think I've gone four favourites in a row to kick off the day, but... Uh, mm. Look, I, okay. I've, I know. <laughs> we just have to send some coffee out to our Might, listeners. Yeah, You sorry. know, there's seven of, seven of them now, apparently. Seven. You're yeah, joking. That, well, I got mum to buy a new radio, so she's now got two. Oh, so that's bless her soul. impressive, isn't it? How good. Yeah, look, Sequestered Hippo, Hippo aboard, another horse that maps an absolute treat. I think Sequestered can sit close from the run this time around and up to the mile, third up. Just very hard to beat. Now, this is one of those days, isn't it? We're four races in. We found, you know, I found four favourites that map well. The bookies could be on the floor early. They could, or they could be uh, buying a new car. Just, the another, just some- another Mercedes. Yeah, the thing with sequestered is that she, you know, last preparation, James Cummings had her on a on an oaks path, mm. and that's where she was. That's where they wanted to go with her. Obviously, it didn't work out. She pulled up stumps after the Adrian Knox when she was beaten over two thousand meters on a bog track. There, uh, they freshened her up, tried to go up to Queensland. She had one run in the bracelet. She's just come back now. It's classic sort of uh, three year old campaign now, just working through the grades as a four year old in the spring, and I think she just picks this race off and uh, makes it five from nine overall. She's b- building a good record. If you want one at a bit of a price, unanimous, I thought, probably uh, uh, had some sort of a chance. Comes up here with that Miramasa form. I know it was absolutely flogged 12 or 13 lengths, but wanted to over-race there last time out. 
much better horse than that and does have some pretty handy Melbourne form, Nick. So $41, I think, is a bit of an over. That's real uh, Larry Ashman areas. I like that. That's big punters. And I just got a message from a, from a good mate of mine, Steve. He said, mate, don't worry, mate. You've got eight listeners. Eight listeners. Good <laughs> hey. on you, Steve. What a man. We'll send you that uh, $5 pack of uh, vouchers for things that you don't need. Uh, hey, race five, this is the first of the features, Mick, which we're going to cover before we go for a break. It's yep. the Brian Crowley Stakes, a listed race over 1,200 metres, scheduled to commence at 2.50 p.m. Your favourite here is Mumbai Muse. Uh, it's been tied at the top and been some juggling around in the marketplace. How do you see this one unfolding? Yeah, so this is the first race I'm sort of keen to really dive into. So Keenan will roll forward. La Perrine won't be far off. Balkan's there or thereabouts. Fire Lane from Barrier 1, not too far away. And Midnight Opal for Nathan Doyle won't be uh, too far off them. I thought this uh, just sets up perfectly for Mumbai Muse. This horse has probably the strongest form lines. Comes through, you know, the, the higher quality races. Group 2, Group 2, Group 2. Meet some some of these horses coming from, um, you know, different uh, form lines, weaker form lines, inferior form lines. And I think Mumbai Muse is clearly a bet. And uh, Tommy Berry is ready to strike. His is Once again, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, with some of the uh, the bigger uh, bigger dogs from Sydney uh, elsewhere, uh, Huey's not here, um, J Max not here, Timmy Clark's not here. It's time for Tommy Berry to step up, and Mumbai Muse is another opportunity to do that. How do you see it? Yeah, we're speaking of good form lines. I don't personally, I don't think they come much better than what General Salute boasts. Uh, two starts ago, beaten three quarters of length by Cylinder and Morava mm. and Nadal in the run to the Rose over twelve hundred meters. Uh, goes to the Golden Rose, beaten five and a half lengths there by Militarise and NCAP and so forth. Don't think he quite saw out the 1,400 metres there. And I think the fresh nut back to 1,200, so long as he's still with us and hasn't sort of gone over the top. That was my he's query, only, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his only win today was on a track with a bit of giving it, so he might get that this afternoon. Mick, blinkers come off. Jeez, six bucks, I think, is a fair price. I like him drawing wide, gives him time to just sort of balance up and rip down the centre part of the track, so he'll do me. Any knock there? Come um, on, knock me. It, well, no, no, not at all. I think it's the right price to bet. I, I you know, six dollars is fair. I, I just <sighs> the barrier, Kieran, be ridden negatively, has to be ridden negatively, doesn't mm. it? I don't know. Like, yeah, I, it's hard. Small it, field. Small field. It's going to be. Doesn't have ridden. to be more than three lengths off, does he? Four lengths. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he, I think he'd be giving Mumbai Moose a, a length, and yep. that's the difference. That's that's the difference in the two. I'd be, be I'd be including General Salute in your in your exotics for sure. But I, I think this is the right race for Mumbai Moose. Just quickly, armed. <clears throat> oh, you're right. Armed for yeah. Have we lost you there? The old Papa Testy, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the armed forces here. Um, oh, third no. up from a spell. Comes back up from Melbourne and ran into Stapati first up. Good form. Mahaba second up at the Valley. Um, is this one maybe getting under the guard of the bookies at double figures? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. But once got again, a wide gate too. Another horse with a wide gate that's going to be a little bit further back than my top pick. So therefore, I, I find it difficult to, to have it on top. But there is enough mm. speed in the race. So, so I think, you know, you, you really made a good point here. I think the way that I want to play this is Mumbai Moose to win. And then I'm actually happy to play some exotics with those horses you suggested because I think they're the ones that are going to be steaming over the top. Uh, we just need that track to play fair. But the 1,200 meter star, I think it's definitely definitely going to play fair. So uh, very keen Mumbai Muse. I think we can add those in. So we've got the uh, general salute and armed forces in there for the, the uh, trifectas. I'll throw in Balkans as well. Not keen yeah. at all, keen. And I, I, I'm just, I can't have it. Um, I can't have that short and I can't, yeah. Nah. How about you? What are your thoughts on keen? I think definitely deserved uh, favorite last start on a track that's suited. And um, the margin was probably generous. 
Yeah, okay, cool. Hey, I've uh, got something here for those listening. We've got uh, tickets for you and three mates uh, to the Golden Eagle at Rose Hill Gardens on uh, Saturday, November 4. If you send us a text, you can also get tickets at races.com.au. We'll take a break here on the Sydney set. We'll continue our preview of Randwick on the other side. Get Noisy, the newest betting app with Bang on opening specials. Time to bet noisy, people. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to the Sydney set. Mick, we've got a text here from someone that hasn't put their name on it, so I'm almost tempted not to read it out, but I'll give them one more chance. Boys, (laughs) I'm going to direct this to you. You're the boys. Uh, Thoughts on Love Shuck. In the highway, this is uh, Todd Smart's uh, three-year-old gilding. Has won three from four overall. Yeah, you can't do much more than win. Winning three from four. Tommy Berry, barrier three. Now gets into the field. Was an emergency. Look, I had it in the top sort of four or five chances in the race. And uh, at the price, you're getting a decent price here, double figures. So I could not turn you off that. I don't know who you are, but uh, we do appreciate the text. And, yeah, uh, yeah stick strong. Race three, number 20, that is. Uh, I'm here, lads, from Simo, the new A-team. Thank you, Simo. Uh, you would have plenty listening. You're doing yourself an injustice not listening. Grouse Show. Cheers, Shane. Thanks, Shane, for your support. Hey, uh, enough backpatting for us uh, here, Mick. Let's move on to race six. This is the Craven Plate over 1,800 metres, a group three event, and it's worth three quarters of a million dollars. Your favourite here, it's pretty sort of uh, chop, you know, chopping around at the top, but you're now. Yeah, wishy-washy is your favourite. Uh, Hippo takes a ride for Annabelle Neesham. For mine, I think he's one of the horses to beat. What did you think? Interesting. How, just, how are they going to set up as well? I'm yeah. going forward from an inside gate. Yeah, it has to. I've actually got Numerian leading. I don't see a whole mm. lot of pace in the race. I think Numerian's there about. Skyman rolls forward. Zyrek uh, rolls forward from that wide gate. And I think Huetor won't be too far away. There's sort of real muddling in and behind that. Would you? Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any pace at all in yeah. the race. Uh, I mean, when you've got someone like Skyman possibly sitting one out, one back mm. on a map, that's when you know. I mean, Fireburn probably tries to hold that spot. But, gee, I like Numerian here, Mick. I just thought uh, his first up run, obviously, he was beating convincingly through. Well, not convincingly, but three and a half lengths. But it was by Montefilia in the Hill Stakes. And yep. they really zipped home there. And they, they took him back from a wide gate. Ryan Maloney did. And they were really conservative with that galloper. And, you know, he I, I, I didn't get much room in the home straight. He's had that run under the belt. Now, second up last campaign uh, is placed behind um, Cascadian in an Australian Cup. Um, and second up the campaign before that was also second to Cascadian in the Hill Stakes this time last year. So I just think that this is the right form line for a race like this. And I'm getting 440 on uh, race morning. Yeah, love it. Speaking of form lines, I, I, I'm with Fetor. I think is how we Fetor. pronounce it. Fetor. Uh, beaten 6.3 behind, uh, obviously, fangirl Mr. Brightside, my Oberon in the King Charles, but was just restrained from the wide barrier and had absolutely no chance of making any ground for pretty much the entire race. I, I think it probably could have finished, you know, three and a half lengths with with any luck and gets mm-hmm. a better draw today. I think it might see a slightly more aggressive ride. And this is a horse that does produce better second up. My only slight knock is maybe just didn't have it hard enough first up, but we'll see. But I think mm-hmm. given that there's a soft tempo, I think that's going to be absolutely perfect. I think uh, well suited here at the uh, weight for age um, weight scales. And I'm really keen for it. I think it's probably one of the better bets of the day. 
Ooh, I like that from you, nice and confident. Well, hey, it uh, is the done... best bet of the day. <laughs> it is the yeah. best bet of the day. There you go. So uh, we've done race seven, which is the spring champion stakes race. Eight is the invitation for the Phillies and Mares worth $2 million. $2 million. $2 million. $1,400 meter contest. Your favourite here is Espiona. $3.40 on race morning. Three eighty for magic time. Some support there. I'm uh, speed map wise. I thought there was plenty of pace here. Alcohol free magic time. Parasail all go forward. Mick, there's a couple through the middle. Um, I'm with Espiona here, mate. I think she's she's my best bet because she gets back out to 1400 meters against the girls. How'd you see it? Yeah, it's just one of those sort of perfect map um, setups here. I know that the knock on Espiona is well, if she had have drawn barrier three, she'd be better. But I, I don't tend to agree with that. There's plenty mm. of speed on. You just need Kieran to be a little bit aggressive over the 1,400 metres. She comes through the right form lines. That that Everest race goes all right, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. And she was she didn't have the best of luck there. She was beaten two and three-quarter lengths. And mm. I just thought she probably should have finished at least a length closer. And then getting beaten in a length and a half in an Everest seems like the, just the right form for this. The horse that I think is one, well, one of the fresh horses on the scene is Roots. She's an above-average mare, this girl. Yes. Uh, she was good against the boys in the Allen Brown Stakes first up as well. Um, didn't have much like hit the line strong, and I think she'll be hard to beat. Question for you here. Who's the most vulnerable, word of the week, the most vulnerable horse on speed here, Parasail, Magic Time, or Alcohol Free? I think Parasail probably is because it uh, gets the pressure from out wide, and I'm not convinced that she's a genuine 1,400-meter horse. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Yeah, tend to agree. I, I wouldn't like, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see alcohol free just jump out of the ground like it just yeah it just wouldn't shock me and now you're getting a price um she's on the drift and i'm i'm, I'm happy just to wait because i think we might even get bigger i'll just completely forget about her and i think if we get something you know 17 18 dollars or beyond she becomes yeah. just a, a little bit of a spec play because her figures are just far too good um they've done their best to try and get her to run 1200 meters and sorry Produce her best over 1200 meters. She, she's clearly a better 1400 meter horse. I think we all kind of knew that. Now you're getting a price very, very keen. All right, on to race uh, nine. This is the calendar Presnell over the 1600 meters for the three year olds run a group two level. Uh, your favorite here, just having a look, $1.95 for Artie Glamour. She's my on top selection. Um, just barrier one, just don't want to get cluttered up, but she looks to one, Mick. Yeah, not ideal. Barrier one, uh, but you know what? They're betting a price earlier in the week. Now, definitely the right price. I had a mark uh, $2, $1.90, bit skinny now, but earlier in the week was clearly on top. Happy to stick with her, Artie Glamour. She looks like the one on the up and out, but has a bit more uh, depth uh, moving forward. I think she's the one. Who do you like? Yeah, I oh, know. I'm very much in the corner of Arctic Glamour. I think yeah. she wins this, and I think she goes down and, and is a big chance in the thousand guineas. It's one of your early plays in the thousand guineas, wasn't it? Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was twenty six bucks back then, so uh, I think she's into around four dollars now. But you know what they say, Mick? You cannot eat value. Truth. Hey, uh, race ten. This is the lucky last, and we'll take a break after this, and then on the other side we'll grab Chris Waller. This is the benchmark seventy eight over fourteen hundred meters. Your favourite here around the 260 mark is Gringotts for the Mar Eustace uh, stable, Mick. Yeah, happy to steer clear of Gringotts. Had a uh, second, but on top I have poor Trey, Tommy Berry, Jimmy Cummings. Big third up figure last uh, last time around. Uh, carries uh, him a long way into this third up. Draws perfectly, sits on speed, set to peak. Let's go. Poor Trey. I'm again, yeah, I'm against you. I think Gringotts is the one to beat in this race. Uh, going well this preparation without breaking through, but it deserves a little change of luck, and I think you will get it here this afternoon. Maps nicely from barrier one and uh, just gets all the, all the favours in the run. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Sydney set. On the other side, we'll talk to champion trainer Chris Waller. 
Get Noisy, the newest betting app with Bang on opening specials. Time to bet noisy, people. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to the Sydney set, Sydney Spring Carnival. Elegance, thrills and world-class racing awaits. It's time now to talk to the best trainer in Australia, Chris Waller. He's an absolute star. He's got a three-pond attack in the Spring Champion Stakes this afternoon, as well as the invitation. He's got a couple of horses in the Cox Plate. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Uh, whereabouts are you this morning? Are you in Sydney or in Melbourne? Oh, I'm in Melbourne today. Yeah, Cox Plate. Uh, with two runners, still held um, <clears throat> main priority for me. But gee, it's just amazing what's going on at the moment, and yeah, it's very exciting for for all participants and people that follow sport. I think we're getting a bigger audience, and um, mm. for all the right reasons. Yeah, well, let's have a chat about those two runners in the Cox Plate, Chris. Uh, Militarised the three-year-old. Uh, he's just a, a super horse, isn't he? Um, I suppose the big question is, is your thoughts out to 2,000 metres for the first time? Um, no problem with that. I don't think it'll be any issue. Um, he's out of a Dubawi mare, and overseas they're pretty good 2,000 metre horses. Um, he won the, 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 the Champagne over a mile at two, and I think that's a pretty good guide, albeit. He mightn't have beaten the competition that he'd be up against today. He's only got 49.5 kilos to carry. And um, and if we can utilise our draw, which is probably my biggest concern, I want to see him jump cleanly because with Golden Rose, he, he jumped fair, but got away with it from barrier one. And then last start in the Caulfield Guineas, he, I think he blew his chance. Chris uh, Fangirl, she was ultra impressive in the King Charles, ultra impressive. She now's got to stretch out to the two thousand and forty meters. First of off, first off, was this a bit of an afterthought, or has this always been a target at the end of the preparation? And secondly, how do you think she'll run out the uh, two thousand and forty? Uh, always been in the plan, providing she was in good form. So we said we'd space her races early, which is what we did. I think she ran. She won the weeks. She ran four weeks in the seven, four weeks to the uh, or similar to the uh, the King Charles, and that run to us suggested that she deserved a crack in this race. If she wasn't going to run here, it would have been the Champions Mile on the last day, which would have been another four weeks. So, um. I think um, she'll run the 2,000 metres. Um, she's just always strong at the end of her races on good tracks. Um, she'll get a pretty quick track today. The draw is a little concerned, but, gee, she went to a whole new level last start. And I think she was threatening it. And I think that suggests that she's come back stronger as a five-year-old. And um, who runs last year behind I Wish I Win and Animo are all very good. So she's got the right credentials to say she's a proper weight for age horse. Chris, with Fangirl, and I don't want to draw comparisons to her and Winks um, at this point in time anyway, but 
these mares, they tend to, she's always shown a good dash and as did Winx when she was a very young horse. As they get older, is it a case that they learn to, to string those really good sectionals together and that's what makes them effectively such a weapon? Um, I think I think it is, Nick. Um, yeah, I love those good, consistent horses and they're consistent because they can sustain mm. pressure and, and, and sprint. Um, I think the big key with this horse is maturity, and we saw that with Winks. Mm. Um, Winks got better and better as she got older, and her form as a three-year-old Winks was only very moderate. As mm. a four-year-old, she was unbeaten, but I don't think she peaked until she was five. And with Fangirl, she's been a sort of a slighter-framed horse, but always had that ability. Like she won her first race at Goulburn, sort of. Uh, in the spring as a three-year-old, she won the Carbine Club and was winning because she was just that much better. But it wasn't really until her four-year-old year where she was getting beaten behind your animos and I wish I wins from bad draws and a bit of luck against her. But as a five-year-old, just different, different kettle of fish. So I think maturity and having the ability is sort of the key to those better horses. Up in Sydney, Chris, uh, the feature is the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes, although the invitation's probably challenging it. You've got a three-pronged attack in both races. We'll start with the Spring Champion, uh, Cap Ferrat, who also had some nominations over in Perth for their summer carnival. Medatsu, who Mick and I both think is probably one of the most interesting runners all day. And then also the filly Tuta Lavitu, who probably looks as though she's uh, she's um, you know ready for 2,000 metres. Yeah. Uh, three completely different horses. Cap Ferrat. Um, he was a lot better last start, and I think the distance is the key to him. Um, he trotted up sound this morning. He had to undergo a better, better examination. He's past that. Barry Nine's a little tricky, but as I said, the distance is perfect. Adatsu had a slight setback after he won his maiden, um, but that was a long time ago, and he's, he's, worked, he's done plenty of work since, so I'm happy with him. And, um, yeah, he brings a brings in a lot of unknowns into the race. So, look, these New Zealand horses, this is when you start to see them lift. The Australian bred horses just can struggle when they turn three and up to 2,000. So I'm hoping his, his staying ability can 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 help him through. And Tuta Levita, uh, she was really good last start. And she's showing to us that 2,000 metres is what she's looking out for. And again, same, same reasons for Madatsu. Um, up and trip, you might just see her find another length and finish off just that bit better than she did in the flight stakes. That's a nice little push there for a uh, potential Oaks and Derby prospects there, Chris. Onto the invitation, you've got Roots, Alentia, and Espiona. Uh, which is your pick of those three? If, can you split them? Um, Look, Espiona just needs that touch of luck and she needs to do things properly. We've seen her race. There's nothing, nothing's changed with her. So she just needs to get momentum and have a bit of clear air and go straight. So that's that's tricky from gate 10. Uh, Alentia finally gets a better barrier. Is it too late? She was great at the start of the prep. She's been up a while. I just find horses like her that can get a little bit despondent and lose a bit of confidence. So... There's um there's a bit of a query there, and Roots 
if I had to, if I had to say one's going to jump out of the ground and lift, I think it would be this horse. She's second up. The first up run was terrific. She's drawn well. She's a pretty good horse. I wouldn't be surprised if she could she could go to a new level today. Is she one that maybe pops down to Melbourne after this afternoon, Chris? Well, she'd be one that's normally in Melbourne. She's Group One placed, and she she's Group Two, a Group Two winner. But the prize money's just unbelievable. So she'll go <laughs> on to the Hot Danish in two weeks. Yep. Um, I think it's at Rose Silver, Phillies and Mares, Group Two, fourteen hundred. Um, for similar money for what she'd be racing in Melbourne. Like if she was in Melbourne, mm. she'd be running in the Empire Rose next Saturday. It's still a possibility, but. Uh, when she's Group One placed, already a Group Two winner, prize money's the key. Yeah, absolutely, and two million dollars up for grabs in the invitation this afternoon. Fourteen hundred meters restricted to fillies and mares. It's hard to resist, isn't it? Uh, Chris, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I know you got a really busy morning. We really appreciate it. Good luck in the Cox Plate. Good luck in the Spring Champion. And good luck everywhere this afternoon. Thanks very much. Yeah. There he is, Mick, uh, the star himself, Chris Waller. And I like what I heard from a few horses there. I thought uh, Winks, uh, not Winks, <laughs> Roots is looking like she's going to peak this afternoon. Winks might have already peaked, but um, typically she'd still blow them all out of the water. Yeah, that's a really, really good push for Roots. So I asked him if he could split them, and he, he almost did split them. He's just really interesting. So should be hard to beat today. And uh, look, I could have egg on my face because the more I'm starting to quiver over here, the more I hear him talk about fangirl, the more I kind of think, well, I've got this completely wrong. But very, very intriguing cox plate this afternoon as well. Hey, why don't we wrap up our best bets? Uh, you, what was yours again, mate? Uh, best bet for me up in Sydney is race uh, race eight, number two, Espion. I'm slightly worried now. And just down in Melbourne, I thought uh, each way, race seven, number four, Apulia in the Vars. Super stuff. And just before we wrap up, I'll give you mine. We've got those tickets to the Golden, uh, what are we going to? Golden, Golden Eagle. Golden Eagle. Uh, that's going to Shane. Up you go, Shane. Absolutely well hey. done. And uh, who's the other one to Alex? Who have we got? And Blake. Good on you, Blake. So we're going to give them to Simo, but I don't think Simo needs them. Um, super stuff. My best bet of the day will go to race six, number one, Huetor. Very keen on it. Hopefully we can continue the uh, the long run of success. We've had the best bets, Nico, and the pundits fill up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we can keep going here this afternoon. It's Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes Day in Sydney. The invitation worth $2 million is up there as well. Make sure you grab tickets to Sydney's Spring Carnival via theracers.com.au. That's it for the Sydney set this week. We'll catch you next time.